0: Okay, welcome to Salty Investors, episode number two. I'm Scott and. I'm Tim. Tim. Tim, Uh, it is September the 23rd, Friday, September the 23rd. Um, A day and a half ago, because it was in the US, the Federal Reserve decided to hike rates by 75 basis points, again, uh, taking the Fed funds rate up to a range of three to three and a quarter. Um, the market, uh, fair to say, shit itself a little bit um, because it keeps trying to front run the pivot. They think the Fed's going to blink. I think that's what they think, um, but it's not coming. It looks like. And Powell says more rate rises to come. Um, there's, I think, Goldman Sachs came out and said they expect it to sort of end at around four and a half to five now. Um, so what does this mean? What does this all mean, Tim? What do you think? Uh, Should we pay any attention? Do we care?
1: Oh, like it's definitely going to hurt a few people. Like if you're on car loans or reset mortgages, you know, you'd be panicking a little bit now, I think, especially if that four and a half number, Um, yeah, I'd be a bit worried. I don't know
0: where it's going. The the thing that differentiates America's housing market to ours is most people are on 30-year fixed over there. yeah. So great new I mean so for a lot of people over in the United States who own houses doesn't mean anything. They're on 30year fixed anyway. They locked in two and a half or three percent and they feel fine. Yeah. but um, the I did see um, the guy from Calculated risk who runs a housing blog, um, Bill McBride. He put out that I think the variable mortgage rates up to 6.6 which is the highest in 15 years. Wow. and it's only got to go another 0.2 and it'll be the highest in 20 years. So but you know um it's still 6.6% on a mortgage is historically not that high. But uh it does mean you know how much you can borrow is uh, a lot less and house prices have to adjust. It's but of course, you know, if you're if you're locked in at 3%, I mean, and you're happy with where you live, you don't need to move. Well, you're not going to reduce your house price and get rid of it, are you? You're just going to sit on it. Yeah, it's Uh, a long-term asset. So just makes it tough. Stay there for
1: five to ten years, you'll be fine.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, let's read a couple of uh, his... I picked out a couple of quotes from... because I thought maybe they were newsworthy. Uh, Reducing inflation will likely require a sustained period of below-trend growth. And will very likely require a softening of labor conditions so he's telling you unemployment rate's going to go up and below trend growth well how far below could be a recession uh, you know the chances of that keep going up the further they raise rates um we will keep at it until we are confident the job is done so he thinks he is the reincarnation of paul Volcker. i think he's not going to blink um he's going to go the the whole hog um so there's that 75 next time 75
1: um, next? <laughs> Is that seventy five next
0: time you're Yeah, reckon, well or? I mean mm, don't know. Uh, some or, are or. saying because remember the Fed doesn't meet every every month, they meet every six or eight weeks. So I think they've they've probably got two meetings before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um so I guess they can if they go seventy five, seventy five, they're gonna get you know, it's gonna be four four and a half, four point seven five. Who knows? I think I think I saw economists penciling in like fifty basis points uh, next couple, but, we'll but that see. that'll be a signal we'll to the see, market that um, the pivots
1: on. That'll be a signal that the pivots on, or they're going to hold at that level, yeah, which is yeah. which is then going to fire yeah. up inflation. So that he's like his words there, like his like he's going to take it on. You know, he's not yeah. going to be a pussy about it, and he's actually going to fight it. But you know, is it just talk or
0: yeah? Well, the thing is, if you're looking for a pivot as well, I mean, um, people should remember that in the financial crisis, I'm not saying we're going to have a financial crisis this time, but um, the Fed cut and cut and cut. They were cutting rates, and the market was still going down, right? They cut Mm. right through. I mean, the bear market started officially, I think, in about November of, or might have been October 2007, didn't finish till March 2009. The Fed cut all the way through that, and it didn't turn around. Um, I was just looking at. I went back to have a look at um, uh, the dot com because that was a. I mean, that wasn't a financial crisis. It was that was an equity bubble. You know, there was wasn't yep. much in the way of debt. Some people margined themselves like idiots. That always happens. But it wasn't a debt bubble. It was an equity bubble. Um, that S and P peaked March of two thousand two thousand um, didn't bottom until two thousand and two, and almost nearly revisited it in 2003 i mean the market basically went sideways for it for another year you know so it took almost three i mean it did bottom october 2002 and then march 2003 it sort of gets close to that bottom again um so you know things can go sideways for a long time and um Mm -hmm. i don't know people keep thinking get the bottom and she's up and away again. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe we're in for a bit of sideways action for a while. It's going to be tough conditions. But
1: when you do inflation-adjusted returns, you know, total market returns but inflation-adjusted, yeah. you can go for a decade sideways. Easy. Um, yeah. So but people haven't Ooh. factored that in, I think, and, yeah, it will be interesting to see.
0: Or more. Um, uh, or more, because... Um, yeah, sixty six to eighty two. Basically, stock stock market went nowhere. Multiples were compressed. Not again. We're not saying that's going to happen again, but yeah, you know, markets can be shitty for a while. Um, yep. Now, you 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 kindly posted this chart. Um, what are we looking at here? Well,
1: like everyone's complaining and whinging and moaning about the rates. You know, they're going up. How much is going to squeeze mm-hmm. them? But you've got to compare it to the CPI. Like the Fed's not just doing yeah. this to be you know, to hurt people. Like, I see, yeah. you know, Elizabeth Warren complaining, you know, the Fed's trying oh, to kill jobs no. and, you know, all these sort of people. Um,
0: Pocahontas. You know, yeah, yeah.
1: But, like, you know, there's good reasons why the Fed has to hike, you know. Um, and yeah. if you look at the, here, the real central interest rate, you know, it looks quite nasty still all over the world. There's only a couple of places that are decent. Mm. And you look at them like China. Yeah. Like, like... Everyone's complaining about China's burning <laughs> to the ground, you know, and it's 1.2% real rate. Um, so, yeah. you look at Eurozone, you know, it's negative 8.4. Like, how can people mm. on fixed incomes and, you know, the poor, you know, who haven't got, you know, a huge amount of assets, live in a world that, you know, they're getting you know, negative 8.4%. Oh, yeah. Like, this is horrendous. <laughs> so... We're well, not some basket case, uh, you know, like Venezuela or something. So, you know, the yeah. French
0: Should be hiking Ar- in Australia. Argentina. Yeah, yeah, what have yeah. they got? Yeah. Well, how, how's, well Argentina's they're almost you know, at parity, aren't they? I mean, they've got a 75% benchmark rate and 78.5% and inflation. Well, at least they're being Christ. a little bit um, honest there, you know. <laughs> like proactive. There? Yeah, they're being yeah, proactive. Yeah. Bra- Brazil's really trying to crush, crush inflation, aren't they? I mean, they're going all yeah. out. Um, yeah, so. thirteen seven five to eight point seven um turkey yeah. what are they doing they 're a bit laggard
1: yeah and it's yeah. like mexico you know it 's basket case central it 's basically parity you know <laughs> negative point two you know like yeah. and then you look at mm. us australia and we're negative three point eight you know so
0: yeah
2: we
1: still haven 't hiked enough you know um i know the neutral rate will you don't have to go as high as inflation to get to the neutral rate. It's sort of auto-balance um, out here a little bit, but obviously there's a fair bit of room here to, to hike.
0: We're, That's all I'm trying to... We're at 2.85, aren't we? I think we're at... Are we at 2.85 now? Well, it wasn't <coughs> la- the last... I thought we were at 2.85 by now. No. No. Oh, yes. Well, 2.0. Sure
1: we are. Okay. So we're oh, quite... We yeah. We're pretty easy with... Yeah, the US, we're pretty parity with yeah, this yeah, still
0: yeah yeah um, back to my argument we don't really need right. the rba Maybe. we can
1: just follow the fed <laughs> but yes.
0: yeah well you know the taylor rule don't you uh, which is in i think inflation plus two percent something that's what the okay. Fed's funds rate should be like just just yeah john taylor economist he just basically said yeah just you know whatever the inflation rate is add 2% and that should be your fed funds rate done you don't need a you don't need a federal reserve that's it i don't know okay yeah, um, yeah. not a not an expert in that one but um, so i thought you know because uh, markets are trying to front run when the fed pivot is trying to look through the doom and gloom which you know markets try to do i thought this was worth playing because of what neil ferguson for those that don't know is a financial historian and Written some really good books. Um, uh, Ascent of Money was one that I read a while ago. Um, but it, it's interesting what he had to say, and I don't know. I don't know what this shebang was. This wasn't Jackson Hole or something, was it? Uh, but it was fairly recent. In Europe, somewhere. A couple of weeks ago, I think.
2: Well, yes, Steve. Uh, This time last year we were sitting here and I said, having listened to Professor Stiglitz say there was no inflation problem, that we should actually be worried and that there was a risk of a 1970s scenario. And I said, if there's a war, remember this is a year ago, that's when you get inflation expectations really taking off. Well, we got the war uh, in Ukraine and we also have a risk of instability elsewhere, not least Taiwan, between the US and China. So the ingredients of the 1970s are already in place. Uh, the monetary and fiscal policy mistakes of last year, which set this inflation off, are very like the mistakes of the late 60s. And then, as in 1973, you get a war, uh, except that this war is lasting much longer than the 1973 war. And so the energy shock that it's causing is actually going to be more sustained. So the question that I'm asking myself is, yeah, it it looks a little bit like the 1970s, but are we sure it's not gonna be worse than that? I mean, most people, when you have this conversation, kind of assume it can't be that bad, and they can't really envision double-digit inflation in the U.S., but we're already there with the U.K., the number of countries with double-digit inflation in the world is already north of 40, and it will soon be a higher number than that. And so I ask myself, why shouldn't it be as bad as the 1970s? Why shouldn't it actually be worse? I mean, let's think about why it could be worse. Let's think about productivity growth. Looking at the supply side, that's actually worse than in the 1970s. Let's look at the level of debt. It's actually higher than in the 1970s. What about the demographics? They're clearly worse than in the 1970s. At least in the 1970s, you had detente between the superpowers. I don't see much detente between Washington and Beijing right now. In fact, I see the opposite. I see brinkmanship over Taiwan. So I'm going to go out on a limb. Last year, I said we should be worried about the 1970s. And this year, I'm going to say, let's consider the possibility that the 2020. Mm. So uh, I
0: think his final few words there that were cut off um, were we should consider whether it would be worse than the 1970s. Um, So definitely could be. Stanley Druckenmiller, uh, famous investor, has you know excellent returns over his career. Warns that it could be a 66 to 82 type period. Uh, if you look back at that, that was a pretty horrible period. Um, sort of starts with the um, the bubble in the Nifty 50, um, which sort of blows up in the early 70s. Then you have you have <clears throat> oil crisis, you have nasty recession in 1974, stock market gets cut in half. What else do you have going on? Watergate, uh, sky-high oil prices, um, inflation kicking off. It takes all the way through the 70s into the early 80s, and Volcker raises the Fed funds rate to about 19% or something just to get inflation under control. And then, uh, and by that time, P.E. multiples, are uh, I think it's down to 8 something like that uh, in the United States on the S&P. So, um, yeah, there's about 15 years of... uh, I I think if, like, the the market basically goes nowhere in 15 years, and if you add inflation, it went backwards uh, during that period. Um, What's not there is... um, um, I think Drucker Miller goes on to say in that uh, article that he actually likes this. You know, it gets, you know, there are ways to make money, in these periods and he kind of relishes the challenge you know yeah um i have to say well, he, i do too i'd sort of i prefer a period where we have uh, a um a decent uh you know risk-free rate so that um you know not everybody's a genius because just because they bought anything and it all goes up
1: yeah it'd be very nice what are you going to say
0: about him oh
1: yeah like he obviously has done i don't think he's had a down Year ever, so I think one year out of his whole investing period, yeah. So he can, he definitely pivots in yeah, and out right. at the best times. Um, so if he's looking at it, you know, you've got to be a little bit concerned. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm just not sure about this inflation thing. You know, I'm thinking, you know, Russia's obviously playing a part, um, but you know, Putin yeah. is not going to back down, you know, and he's looks like he's doubling down at the moment, you know, trying to get all the reserves in. And no one in the West wants to speak to him to work out a negotiated, you know, end to this crap. Um, Yeah. So, you know, it's not a very good... um, Now there's talk of nukes. Yeah. People would rather, you know, glass their children than speak to Putin. It's it's just fucking nasty stuff, you know. So, (laughs) who wants to, you know, this is terrible. Like, even if you don't like Putin, you know, you should be working to... You know, come to a solution to this instead of going. Oh, we're just gonna. But like the CIA is just loving all this crap. You know, the longer they can drag this on, the worse they can. Yeah. You know, they can. You know, keep them. Keep well, you know, Putin down. We've all heard about uh, the CIA.
0: Well, we've all heard about the CIA's exploits in uh, Latin America and other places during the '70s and whatnot, and installing dictators or get rid of dictators, you know, now, yeah, and, you know, of course they've been rightly criticised for that, and, yeah, I wouldn't mind a bit of CIA action in there now and get rid of a dictator. <laughs> um, that, that'd be, if that was on the menu, but they're pretty uh, busy. they can't do that stuff anymore. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you'd have so to be, I, I mean, I don't, I don't... what's going on in the... Go ahead.
1: I... I... I just don't see inflation coming down, you know, to under 4%, you right. know, anytime yeah. soon. And, you know, um, so I think, you know, I know the balance sheet will roll off a little bit and that's going to f- cause things, liquidity to dry up a little bit, but, you know, rates are going up, but they're still nowhere near going yeah. high enough and the fuel crisis in Europe is out of control. So, um, I think yeah. Druckenmiller could be right here, you know, but... Um, we get peace in Europe you know yeah. things may improve a little bit I think quickly but um, yeah yeah. Just, I don't know where it's coming yeah. from there's know, always that some possibility
0: someone out. yeah I oh, know um, Putin gets taken out Russia comes out mm. and apologises to the world and says we're going to pay reparations to Ukraine and everyone's happy and we all sing Kumbaya and the stock market goes back to S&P 5000 uh, and it's happy days but I'm not going to bet on that one yep. um, so just, I just wanted to bring some cheer to this doom and gloom and say that Ray Dalio's um, Bridge, you know, Bridgewater his pure alpha fund is up 25% this year which I'm sure uh, everybody listening is probably invested in and so um, there's nothing to worry <laughs> about then yep. um, but uh, you know one more macro item uh, you brought this to my attention consumer confidence is pretty low it's near a pandemic low and we haven't as we discussed last week, we haven't really felt the full effects of interest rate rises, the um, the petrol subsidy rolling off, um, yeah. and you know just the the macro headwinds that are facing Aussies. Um, we haven't really felt the full effect of that, um, and consumer confidence is already in the toilet. Um, but I, do you know? Do you have any idea how correlated consumer confidence is with um, Markets. I suppose you can see there it's pretty well correlated with the financial crisis equities, that went into or, the toilet. Yeah. Uh, equities or um, just the economy in general?
1: Well, yeah. Well, the retail side, I suppose of, you've, you know, meme stocks and all that stuff. Yeah, that's all going to, you know, Tesla hmm. going to get people putting money in when, you know, there's consumer confidence is going down. Mm, you know, they're not going to be thinking about t- taking high risk on, you know, they're going to be... Yeah. I was like holding on to their cash, um, you know, trying to think, you know. Well, I think, I think am in I going to have Australia, a job? I think you know, you're not going to be thinking, am hey, going to be a millionaire?
0: Yeah. I don't think retail sales has ever gone negative in Australia with the data that goes back to the 1980s. Now, I could be wrong um, what happened in the pandemic, but retail sales never, has never been negative, right? Because people got to eat, you yeah. know. They just changed the mix of yes. goods and. Services that they consume, but you know they still got to eat, um, so they won't be, I don't know, splurging on that new quilt, um, but they will trade down yes. for some hamburger mints. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So anyway, just interesting to consumers see. not feeling great. Uh, uh, yeah.
1: And there doesn't seem to be relief in sight. You know, that's the thing that got me a little bit concerned. Mm, you know, yep. you can see that eighty sort of yeah, yeah. at the bottom there, but you know, when there's no interest yep. rate relief to put some more money back and make people more confident you know um how low will it go well you can get to a 50 handle yeah. or you know we should you know flush yeah. out a lot of baristas you know so i don't know but
0: we'll have to wait and see yeah well it's never been below i mean i don't know, you know i don't know how old that series is but it's never been below about 75 there and that was the that was the nadir of that was the initial panic of the pandemic wasn't it in March of 2020 yeah. um, we shall see we might re- revisit those lows um, mm-hmm. so FedEx reported last week um, they fell, shares fell 15% why do we care about FedEx uh, it's talked about as a bellwether stock um, is it a bellwether of course it's, it's it's a logistics company all over the world so it's sending parcels to everybody all over the world um, is UPS and, and Amazon just eating their lunch? Because I mean, these, these guys, um, I mean, their, their volumes were way off compared to what, what they'd guided to now, is this stock okay. specific or is it, um, or is it actually signs of bigger things? Because right now in this environment, any CEO. Who can Blame a bad quarter on oh, it's the macro environment, right? That's the excuse to do Maybe, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. You have any insight into FedEx?
1: Um, I know Amazon's eating their cake, like you should see the number of orders yeah. that Amazon's are doing, like they're like crossing over like 50 mm. 50 now. So, the amount of yep. orders they're sending, so you know, I'd be a bit worried if you're at FedEx, you know, you're thinking, well, yeah, what else? Can we do here? Like how can you compete against Amazon? You know, they don't need to earn yeah. money. They don't need to cash flow, they don't need it, you know. Like yeah, so their investors are already hardened to, to take, you know, no dividend, no nothing. So um yeah, yeah. I don't I, I think it's a little bit, you know, truthful, but I think he's trying to overblow it here a little bit. Um mm. 'cause I think he's forward forward estimates fifty percent down <laughs> what the market's expecting so yeah um i think he's just trying to cover himself a little bit here in um you know a couple yeah. of months time he's going to look like a genius like you know forward estimates yeah. so he's above them and you know, everyone's doing great you know so
0: yeah well mm. i mean that, that's the game guide low and uh, over over deliver um yeah but that that's it's been the game for a long time um the, I just include that last sentence there. FedEx vowed to cut costs aggressively and said it was mulling over other ways to enhance productivity, which means layoffs. They're going to fire some people. Uh, surely, that's what's coming. That's, that's how so, I read that.
1: Uh, so those heaps of fat in currently, or they're running inefficiently now. Is that what he's admitting to? That he hasn't been running the business well, or j-
0: like? <laughs> yeah, well, I just fat I fat just interpret FedEx, enhance. Or? Dunno. I don't know. I I I interpret en- enhanced productivity as not very good or not very subtle code for we're going to lay off some people. Yeah. Yeah,
1: but how do you deliver packages Dunno. without workers? Like I I still haven't worked that out yet. Um like like you still like,
0: like Maybe, have to maybe work you time just time there or something. Stop. Like. <laughs> yeah, well uh, or maybe you just um you you stop delivering certain types of packages. Uh, Amazon's mm-hmm. got that now. We, we're out of that. You know, we'll stick to our knitting, whatever that is. Um, maybe this is just a dinosaur stock and needs to go away. We don't need FedEx anymore. You know, you've got doesn't need to exist. Um, mm-hmm. Who knows? Don't know. Amazon's eating everything still. Yep. Um, and yeah, that's just the FedEx chart. I mean, that's pretty awful, isn't it? Um, that's. Oh, yeah. And that was that was three or four days ago so uh very ugly very ugly um uh, now you want to talk about you you brought up this um value line safety rank because uh, you're having a bit of a tough time trying to find things to buy during this yeah uh, it seems these times
1: what, you know what has got value at the moment like things are falling so you're going oh wow like you know, should be looking. You know, should be you know starting to yeah. you know, put in a tranche or two. You know, um, you can't pick the bottom. So, but yeah. you should be looking at quality. You know, you shouldn't be looking you know bottom fishing too much. Um, so, I came across this great um, you know article, or it's more of a journal article about you know how do you sort of value things, and um, they yeah. tried to look at Value Line, which is a really you know multiple decade old company who's been valuing stuff. Yep. And everyone assumes it just looks at low P.E., you know, just, you know, um, old-fashioned, you know, Graham-type, you know, value multiples. But as you can see here from a lot of the companies, they're not low P.E.s. Um, So there's a lot of factors going. And so you've got this safety rank. Yeah, (laughs) they've got Adobe in there, you know, which is still a high P.E. type um, company. Um, So, yeah, you've got a safety rank, which is basically you know, solid balance sheet, you know, good fundamentals, you know, not going to go bankrupt. Low debt. Um, you know, mm. yeah, low debt, all that sort of stuff. Um, good cash flows, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, but then you're like, well, you know, a lot of companies like that, but they're overvalued. Um, so you've got this time yeah. wilderness rank. And so you've got this yeah. little chart down the bottom here where you, got, you pick the top two safety ranks and then within the next... You know, three to six months, um, should there be a catalyst, you know, to maybe increase that value? So, um, yeah, so there's a lot of them there that are quite good value, and you see a lot of the top investors starting to get into a few of them as well. Um, you know, like mm. Apple, um, Google just looks, and Amazon, you know, they still look like good value, really, um, if you're taking these two things into account. Like, you got to think long-term here, but... um yeah. Yeah, so at the moment I'm trying to pivot a little bit from being a cigar butt investor, you know, trying to, you know, pick up pennies in front <laughs> Catch of steamrollers. Yeah, and all falling knives. I've yeah. sort of been burnt by that a bit too many times. Um, I see Alibaba's yeah. back under $90 again, so, like, it's got me thinking, uh, wow, you know, I'll grab a bit more of that, but, you know, I should be thinking about, you know, there's other things on sale as well, like, you know, Adobe and, um, Google and Amazon yep. still look like, steady, you know, it just deals at this sort of price. Um, but you're seeing MasterCard, I was looking at that this yeah. morning, you know, thinking, wow, like, just solid, solid companies. Um, well,
0: yeah, MasterCard and Visa are just, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's a pretty solid business. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, there's a couple there that I'm not too sure yeah. on, but... Um, yeah, I mean, um,
0: yeah... So, yeah, you brought up that idea of falling for value traps, like, because you think, oh, low PE. And it, I remember when I first started, I think this is back in the days before the internet and you'd, you would get the financial review and, you know, on a Saturday or something, and it had a bit, you know, it didn't just have the share price, it would have a few, a few things like PE and might have had PE to G even, you know, and a few other things. And, and back then, I think I was in high school or maybe a first year of university or something, I was, I thought if it had a low PE, that means it was good value, and if it had a high PE, it was a, it was expensive, you know. And yes. um, you have to learn that lesson that a, a stock on a PE of eight can be more expensive than a stock on a PE of thirty. Um, that's that's possible uh, because the stock on a PE of eight may have no growth in a declining industry, and the stock on a PE of thirty has is uh, you know increasing its earnings by fifty percent in a fast growing industry. So, um, yeah, you have to you have to unlearn that one pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, I have probably still got some learning there to do. So, <laughs> <laughs> got to burn a little bit more cash yeah. yet, I think, before <laughs> I come to yeah. that realization. But, but I think yeah, you know, that's all part of the yeah. learning process. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to look at pro- yeah. price to free cash flow now. I'm trying to move to that um, and yeah, return on vested capital. So I'm trying to oh, yeah. trying to grow up a little bit. Yeah. But it's just hard when you're being such a cheapskate, your whole life, and you are thinking, "Oh, I'll go and <laughs> you, know, you know, pick something yeah. you know that's good value, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get over yeah. it. But yeah, I thought, oh, others if others might see value in this. Um, if you want the, I am thinking about maybe even semi releasing this every couple of months. Um, doing oh, analysis yeah. on this and um, putting the value line numbers together. Um, yeah. just so people aren't fishing in junk like i normally do
0: infested waters (laughs) yes
1: and um (laughs) looking at numbers too much when you should be you know looking at quality a little bit more so that's all yeah that's what i'm trying to do at the moment
0: all right so this is um something you stumbled across you want to take us through this company yeah so
1: you know i'm running a few screeners looking at you know what has value you know and Obviously, I like a thing called um, return on invested capital. Um, yeah, it's a really big metric for me. It sort of shows how strong a company is about investing their capital. Still, doesn't mean everything. Like, yep. I think um, you can re- invest capital really well, but can you keep doing it over and over for many years? So, yep. yeah.
0: even a that's it. And at so that- high rates of return, because there's there's a there's a certain point where. Sorry to interrupt, but there's a certain point where if the returns are, you know, if your return on capitals 5%, then you're better off just paying it out as dividends. It's no yep. point. You're better off rather than reinvest. If, unless you're – if you can reinvest your returns at, you know, above 20%, I mean, and you can do that all day, uh, I mean, that's when you're on a, a winner. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: So companies like MasterCard and Visa, obviously, the, you know, the – Especially MasterCard, you know, are sort of the poster mm-hmm. child. You know, they can just invest in more infrastructure and, you know, putting it out there, which doesn't cost them much. So every dollar they reinvest, you know, and it seems they can keep finding places to reinvest it. That's the cool thing about it. So that over multiple years, their return on capital employed or whatever return on vested capital are showing, you know, high double digits, which is more important than just a big spike. Yeah. Um, so I came across this. You know, thinking, oh, maybe a recession's coming on. Um, maybe the second-hand market might see an uptick finally. Um, what's so his, there's this what's company, company called? called? Cor- Corporation. What's this? Windmark Corporation. Mm. And basically, it's a fr- yeah. uh, franchise type model. So, if you know how Domino's works, Domino's doesn't actually own any other pizza places. You basically yeah. just pay a franchise fee to Domino's and. Basically, they just take a cut and do a bit of advertising for you. So it's very light yep. um, capital-wise. But So this company um, takes $25,000 and then takes 5% of your gross revenue. So basically, and they do a little bit of advertising and then they you know, group buy a few new goods as well. So the, why is that interesting? Is because they have these crazy... Um, gross margins in the 90% and operating margins in the 50s which <laughs> is basically yeah. you know, I see meth dealers with worse numbers than these you know, so obviously it's either <laughs> yeah. a fraud, yeah. there's obviously huge amounts of fraud going on here to get these sort of numbers or well, maybe this is an out of the war
0: maybe yeah. your, your meth dealer, not mine yeah. yeah, well I don't know but like,
1: I'm sure Pablo Escobar you know <laughs> Look at these numbers thinking, Wow, need to get out of the you know, the cocaine game and get into something a bit more decent, you know, like second hand goods. Yeah. Like I don't know what's going on here, but you know, obviously it's a light capital light model, but I'm trying to look for these compounders. Yep. So if anybody else sees any of these compounders yep. where they can just put a little bit of capital in and, you know, these crazy gross margins and operating margins with high return on capital employed, um, obviously yep. they're you know, a great business. So, if anybody sees any, let me
0: know. That's all. Not so, what? So, what? Do, what do we think about um, the fact that? Of course not. Uh, what do we think about the operating margin? Which so in twenty twelve, thirteen, forty it's sort of low fifties, then it gets into mid fifties, and most recent year sixty five. So, you do expect you would expect some contraction back down yeah. towards the trend, wouldn't you? From that sixty five, yeah. So obviously, um, but they can get wear up. that pretty easily, yeah.
1: As you can see, like they're just printing money, like every dollar they put in there, they're just yep. printing more of it. Um, so and you, yeah, they can handle a heap of pain here. So, you know, if their operating margins went down to 30%, mm. that'd still be a brilliant, brilliant company, you know, like that'd be up there, with Estee lauder and things like that. Yeah. So, um, you don't yeah. normally see companies like this, and obviously, you know. When you see them this good you're thinking fraud you know it's just come to you your know, red flags are just going all <laughs> over the place but um yeah i don't know someone might have a better insight than me on it but um yeah just thought these interesting yeah. companies that i'm so the, across, the so.
0: business is this this uh this franchise model is selling secondhand goods isn't it which of course during the pandemic is great business when people couldn't get their hands on i mean yep. just look at what happened to second second-hand car market for example um so second-hand goods so i suppose that i guess a lot of that's been pulled forward um uh yeah you know if we think about yeah so second-hand goods market probably going to go and retreat if if and when supply chains get up and running again i suppose or back to sort of semi-normal whatever that means or maybe they don't um yeah, but so. I'm
1: thinking like if a recession happens, you know, people might be looking and then, you know, yep. haven't got as much cash in their pocket, but they still want to buy some goods. You know, they may be looking at, yep. you know, hand options as an option, but there will be a contraction, yes. So I'm not looking at those, you know, 20, 21 yep. sort of numbers. I'm thinking they're outliers for sure. It's definitely going to contract back below the, you know, yeah, yeah. 18, 19 numbers for sure. And then that's going to, you know, because that compression there, that's going to affect the price. But then, you know, if you yep. get that compression and then you think, okay, well, then a recession hits, you know, it might rebound quite quickly. So this might be a, you know, a beta, you know, a, you know, a huge, you know, volatile <laughs> stock, yeah. you know, that might jump around a lot within six yeah. months. get um, yeah, The numbers. Yep. But yeah. Yep. Interesting. So, yeah.
0: Interesting. That's a good yeah. point. Oh. I don't know,
1: yeah. Anybody else sees any other finds
0: like that? Um, yeah, we can have a look at them. Um, and you wonder, yeah, so this is another one you've been looking at. Adobe, which is basically peaked out at near 700 bucks, has been cut like more than in half, hasn't it? It's down about 60%. Yeah. How old's this chart? So that was just about three or four days ago, wasn't it? Jeez, yeah, absolutely it's absolutely I think it's still falling. Still falling. Mm. And uh, you, you like this one? You like this one?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like it's like Terry Smith just got into it, so obviously you know I'm like wow. And why I like it is because it's a compounder. They do yep. really well acquiring. So you, so they just acquired a company called Figma for twenty billion. I'm a little yep. bit worried that. Um, A bit overpaid for it, but because 12 months ago it was only 10 billion, and then I looked up um, the numbers before that and it was only, um, you know, 12 months before it was 1 billion. So it feels Uh like that they've overpaid for it here, but, um, you know, the total rate of return is.
0: is, Yeah, yeah. So when did the transaction close on Figma? Was that earlier this year or was it last year?
1: No, it's only. A couple of days ago, I think.
0: Oh, really? So, yeah. yeah.
1: So that's people don't like it, obviously thinking you know they've uh, overpaid. Um, yeah. Because you go, oh well, they could have got it for half that price twelve months ago. And Figma's been big for thinking at least three years, but yeah. just the pandemic people been able to go online and collaborate together. Um, so, but you know, thinking who's been working at Adobe, who's missed this you know, and haven't been speaking to Figma for a buyout, you know, unless they've been holding yeah. out, um, but they've been bleeding c- cash like nothing, Figma, so you think, well, oh, I was an invest- early stage investor, but Series D, I think, was only worth $1 billion.
0: Right. but
1: currently they've got enough revenue, which is basically, you know, you know everything, um, about half a billion dollars, I heard, so um, the multiple's only 40 times,
0: but... 40 times what? 40 um, times sales?
2: Yeah. for forty
0: <laughs> oh, Jesus yeah that's well yeah. maybe but this is a classic maybe this is a classic end of cycle paid way over the odds for it and down the track there'll be a write-off of some amount you know um, yeah. they'll take an ex- ab- what, what they what they what they used to call them abnormal items extraordinary items which is code for um, CEO mistakes you know and have to write It'll- some of it off
1: if you end up as goodwill on the you know the you know, on the project you know it's like oh what's that goodwill thing that's a huge number isn't it oh what could that be yeah. oh that's just you know fuck ups from the past you know so,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, sooner or later that comes I mean even uh, uh, Procter and Gamble had to write down Gillette a few years ago if you remember yeah. um, because they they bought Gillette basically at the peak when Gillette had 70 to 80% of the men's shaving market now they've got I think maybe just less than half or about half uh, because you've got all these you know, all these um fly by night shaving companies just you know, they send yeah, you a Dollar shaving Shave kit Club with free raises Dollar Shave Club, yeah, exactly. Um, so Procter and Gamble have even to the established
1: Chic and all those, they've all picked up their game, you know, like there's all you know, so it's not as Yeah. The moat's not as big as you think, you know, a bit of plastic and a razor no. isn't it, isn't it? Yeah, Motors, it, it's so strange, before. isn't it?
0: You, you you think why why for so long have they? I mean, even if you go into the supermarket today here in Australia, you, mean you half the shaving products are Gillette still, you know, like half the things on the shelf are Gillette, at least. Um, but you, yeah, but, you just think like how did, how did no one see that you know this this you, you could cut cut into their profits here?
1: But you can't like even I I cut into their profits. How I do it? I just purchased from overseas. So, my yeah. raises come from eBay, which is just basically Gillette from China, which they're trying to, you know, grow that market over there, and they've got a lower priced product there, which is the same product, but yeah. you know, um, people are just shipping them from over there to Australia and selling them, so they're yeah. undercutting yeah. the supermarkets, so they can't get these high margins. So people are just looking at you know the past ten years and thinking, oh yeah, that growth rate is just going to continue, and they're going to dominate but Mm. it's very hard to do in a global, you know, a global world. So, yeah, I don't know about it, especially when, you know, Adobe, you know, you're comparing it against other tech companies like Amazon, Microsoft, and Google, which have clear modes, you know. Um, So my DCF is, you know, still says it's got a $100 downside, but, you know, like I'm an old school type. (laughs) So you take $100 off
0: this, you know... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> What's your discount rate? What discount rate are you using these days? 15%. But, yeah, so...
1: 15, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, so,
1: you know, like, this is very old school type multiples, yep. you know, on things, you know. So, obviously, I'm not, you know, going in, backing up the truck to this thing, you know. So, I think...
0: Big margin yeah. of safety. That's what you're... <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. So, I I don't know. Like, I think... They look good, but I think people have got to be careful here. Like, I think it's, you know, you're looking at these PE multiples yeah. and you think, oh, well, you know, as you see on the screen, it's got a 28. And you're thinking, okay, well, yeah, yeah, that's not too bad. But what happens if earnings halves? You know, you still got to, you know, yeah. <laughs> like you, you know, that's a double of that. You know, you're looking at it 50s and you're thinking, wow. Um, I just looked up Alibaba yeah. this morning's multiple and I'm like, Far out. That's a forty PE and it's halved in price. You know, because <laughs> the earnings has fallen yeah, through the floor. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. 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 That's all. Yeah. Well, you remember a a stock. You think you look at a stock and you think, it's, well, it's down eighty percent. How much more can it go? Well, if it halves again, it's down ninety percent. You know, um, it can happen. <laughs> uh, it happens to plenty. Happened a lot in the dot com. Um, yeah. yeah. It's a it's a tough one to learn. Um, mm-hmm. all right well that's do we have any more we got anything else after that? I don't know, do we or are we done? I think we're done I think that's it that was it. Okay. Adobe was the end yeah, of it well. um anything else we'd like to say Tim no, uh, no, any no, last no. thoughts macro stock specific no all good all good yeah or we might wrap it there then No. Uh, thanks everybody for listening all uh, three of you uh and we'll see you next time.